Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Live from the 6th and Peabody studio and across the OutKick network, this is OutKick 360 with Jonathan Hutton, Chad Withrow, and Paul Kuharski. 6th and Peabody with Yeehaw Beer and Old Smoky Moonshine. Nashville, Tennessee, our site for the OutKick 360 studios here at the distillery and brewery with Chad Withrow. I'm Jonathan Hutton. Paul Kuharski back with us tomorrow. Uh, coming up in an hour, Ross Dellinger of Sports Illustrated will be with us to talk all things college football headlines. In 20 minutes, Armando Salguero of Outkick.com. We preview week three of the NFL slate, starting with tonight's matchup between Pittsburgh and Cleveland. And speaking of Pittsburgh, we've got Michael McHenry on the show to kick off our number two, part of the Pirates broadcasting team and, of course, played in Pittsburgh as well. Pittsburgh's been playing New York and the Yankees as Aaron Judge is on the quest for 61. Mike, good to see you, man. Hope things are well. Uh, same to you guys. Thanks for having me once again. And, and we had a tough time in New York, didn't we? Ooh. Hey, uh, real quick, I, I see some jerseys and things behind the Crosby jersey. I also see the uh, the uh, Major League Baseball uniform. Do players in, in the majors swap jerseys the same way we would see at the 50 yard line after a game in the NFL. Do you guys trade gear? No, I wish we did. We did it. More, we do more things behind the scenes. Like I'm a ball collector. I've been a ball collector since I was a kid. I have, I don't know, close to 450 balls. I, I want to do a whole wall at my house one day. I always thought it was a cool feature. If you go into Phoenix up in left field, they have a, a TGI Fridays. At least it used to be a TGI Fridays. I feel like I'm aging myself, but they have a wall of just balls that of guys that have played there in the past. I thought it was really cool. So ever since I went there, you know, when I was 20 years old, I was like, man, I got to have this. So been collecting ever since, but no, I wish they would do that. They did do a really cool feature on O'Neill Cruz, who's named after Paul O'Neill. And they, they got connected yesterday. Paul O'Neill signed a Jersey, O'Neill Cruz signed a Jersey. Oh, that's cool. I thought that was really neat. Yeah. Tell us uh, your thoughts overall on the, on the quest for 61 from judge and the buzz behind it. You know, watching him over the last couple of days, he is so locked in. I'm I'm kind of wondering, first off, if he's actually human. I mean, the balls he's taken are just off the plate. It just seems like he's so locked in in his approach, what he's trying to do. He doesn't seem overwhelmed. A lot of guys look like they're about to get overwhelmed, but this man's trying to win a triple crown. He's trying to beat Roger Maris's record. He just tied Babe Ruth two nights ago. It is a special type of thing happening. And if you look at the next closest guy with home runs, you're talking about Kyle Schwarberg at 40. <laughs> So he's beating the next closest guy by 40, I mean, by 20 home runs. Guy's got 40 homers. I mean, it's remarkable that he's doing that much better than everybody else in the league when the trends are all down. The OPS is down. The batting average is down. The power is down across the league. All those things are trending the wrong direction, not judge. He pounds the gavel and just keeps going forward. So, Michael, we had this discussion earlier about the record possibly being broken on Apple TV and not on, on broadcast television. Um, now, I, I read today there's a clarification that it is free if you have internet access. You don't have to have a subscription to Apple TV to watch the game. Where do you fall on this debate and discussion about you know what it, what it means for baseball or if it means anything if this record is broken on a streamer and not in 
a setting where ESPN and other networks break in live to every at-bat for Aaron Judge? You know, I hate it, to be honest. I, I wish that they would open it up to the world. I think it's good for baseball. They've called baseball America's pastime forever. And I feel like 2020, it kind of lost that feel when we were we didn't go out and play. I think that, you know, through the war times and World War II, who was on the field? Baseball was on the field. Even when we couldn't actually field it with normal major league base player, what did they done? They've gotten scabs. They, they started a women's league. They figure out a way to get on the field. So I think it's so, so very important that they cut to this, whether it be ESPN, Sports Center, it should be everywhere to try to bring that pizzazz back and start branding these guys. This is a guy that's perfect to change the game, give that LeBron James factor within baseball that we just have not had. We've not had that guy. You have Shohei Otani doing things that have never been done. You have Aaron Judge doing things that are just superhuman. These guys got to be at the forefront of the brand of MLB to push this forward, to bring those youngsters into this game. So uh, I'm not trying to be negative about this, I promise. Uh, it's okay. Uh, you're 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 new to the details of my history of baseball. Chad knows it well. My favorite era. I long for the steroid era because it was about the long ball, right? Mm-hmm. Um, we glorify every summer the home run derby, um, and we, Pujols was the storyline of the home run derby this year. I feel like there's a lack of buzz about this chase with Aaron Judge. It's big. I don't think it's nearly as big as I would have predicted in April if you told me in September we were going to to be watching him chase Maris's record and passing Babe Ruth uh, with the Yankees this year in a contract year. I maybe I'm wrong. Maybe you see it different. I I just feel like man, uh, uh, McGuire broke the the record with Maris. He hit 62 on September the eighth, and here we are, September 22nd in football season, and. You know, we're leading our show today discussing random things about Thursday night football because that's what the audience <laughs> wants when I don't feel like it should be. Uh, I'm the casual baseball fan, and I love home runs. I will be watching this if they break in live, but I'm not going to sit around and wait on an Apple TV broadcast for his every at bat like I would if it's on ESPN and Twitter's telling me to go there. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with The Fall Guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall Guy. Fall Guy. Fall Guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire. By famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady. Live only on Netflix. I think you absolutely nailed it. And that's one of my favorite times. I mean, that's our childhood. If you think about yeah. it, you think about the pitching, nobody complained about the strike zone when Maddox and Glavin were getting this far off the plate. Those guys figured it out, didn't they? They hit 61, 62. So said ended up hitting 66. Barry Bonds gets pissed off. And obviously he goes and does his thing. Yeah. Which I'm still not sure if he's even filled a drug test and he can't get in the hall of fame. He's one of the best players. Even if you take him away 
from those couple years where everybody's like, oh, he's taking this, he was taking that. Was he? Was HGH actually something you're testing for? Absolutely not. Not until 08. So I think it's all about the writers putting the buzz onto this. I think they need to back off. Players need to vote. I think fans need to vote. And then the writers also need to vote to kind of give this a fair shake, let these guys get in the Hall of Fame. But you're exactly right. The long ball, punching tickets, is never going to leave the game. These guys get paid for it. They're going to continue to do it. And if a guy's at a number that has not been touched except during that steroid era, it should be everywhere, especially in New York. Because if you take away Sosa, McGuire, and Bonds, that's top six of the 10 that have ever done it. The other four guys are all New York guys. And I, that I, should be everywhere. I, I agree. And I would also add, you know, even in, I don't even think about Barry Bonds when I talk homers. I'm always referencing McGuire and Sosa personally. Um, and I, I know a lot of writers don't reference them. And that's fine. That's their own. But this is about passing the two that everyone would point to with Ruth and Maris and now Judge. And Chad and I joke all the time about the the summer of Pedro Gomez following Barry Bonds. Oh yeah, they would Which they would have a the report. Of Pedro they Gomez. would have a report every day on that, even if Bonds was refusing to talk to him. Well, let, let me. So I promise, there's a point to what I'm about to say, and it's not going to be as dark as it sounds. But I, okay. I, I'm currently watching the Ken Burns documentary on the Holocaust, and one thing mm. I'm learning about this documentary, and it's a lot about the history of America. And, you know, the, the dark moments in the history of our own country that kind of led to things that happened in Europe and how there's some similarities with different things. But what I find in all of this is that as a culture, we typically grow to care more about things and not less about things. So now we, you know, we care a lot more about uh, different things that we wouldn't have cared as much about 30 years ago, 50 years ago, 80 years before that, 120 years before that. Except when it comes to steroids. Because I really do feel like, Michael, we care less today about guys who may have taken steroids at any point in their career than we ever have before. I believe the culture in sport has changed in that direction, but it hasn't changed with everyone. We know there are hardline baseball writers and people that will never vote for anyone ever rumored to have done performance-enhancing drugs. You're a baseball guy. You're around baseball people. Am I correct in saying that the culture has changed to actually care less about what people are doing in terms of performance-enhancing drugs, or do we still care a lot about it? They care a lot about it behind scenes, but, I mean, it's always a moving piece. I mean, they're they're adding new things to that list, the restriction or the ban list. You have to get TUEs to take certain medications. There's a lot of things going on behind the scenes. They have to be more transparent with, with the fans and everybody else. Let them know what's going on. I mean, they... With the Braun incident in the late 2000s, all that changed everything. Now it's a glass bottle. You cannot open open it. It's, it's tamper proof. They make you try to, you know, open this glass jar, which is a goal of mine when I was trying to do it. Every time I peed in a cup, I tried to break that glass glass <laughs> wide open to say, "Hey, I did it. I finally am that Hulk guy that finally pushed this through." <laughs> but they've changed a lot of things. But they change it in real time. They don't even let the players know until it's almost happening, especially at the minor league level. And they have one of the best testing systems in the entire world. But what these guys are, you know, failing for, you look at Tatis and all these guys that are failing for different things. I don't even know what some of this stuff is. It's so old. It's so non-relevant when you think about what guys are doing with their bodies and the the capabilities they have with with blood testing, peptides. Uh, they, they do IVs. They do all these different things that can enhance their play that weren't, weren't even around, weren't even talked about 
in the Bonds era, the Semi Sosa era, the McGuire. And one thing I'll tell you guys is why don't they ever talk about all the guys that were taking it that Bonds had to face, that McGuire had to face, that Sosa had to face. All those guys that they were facing, the guys that you know had two years in the big leagues and were throwing 100 that maybe through 92 four years prior. What about the Greenies? They never talk about that either. All these things matter. So they should teach the history. Maybe they put an asterisk, whatever they want to do, but they need to teach it so it is relevant. So they understand, hey, this wasn't just the top tier guys being able to do this. Everyone was on you know, major league minimum. They could afford to do these things. And some guys that I know personally had no opportunity to get to the big leagues. They got brought in the GM office and we're told, hey, you need to get a little stronger this offseason. You know what I mean? Get a little stronger, huh? You need to get a little stronger. They come back and they have a 10-year career because of some help. Michael McKendry, our guest, retired Major League Baseball catcher, and uh, you can catch him on the Pirates broadcasts uh, and much more. He's with us here on Outkick 360. So, Michael, there's only really one pennant race happening right now. That's the NL East. The Braves, a game back from the Mets right now. How important is it to win that division, avoiding the, the three-game series with a new format in, in the wild card round? And what do you think about these two teams heading down the stretch? Seemingly, uh, if one wins, the other wins. And then if one loses, the other loses on the same day. And there's no ground <laughs> happening one way or the other between these two for the last two weeks. There's going to be one of these guys that's going to pull away. And it really all depends for me about health. I mean, these guys seem to get on a roll. New York ran into the Pirates. They were able to take care of business. But if you look at Atlanta, it seems like they once they start going and, and Acuna's getting hot, when he gets hot, that team just absolutely races forward. But you have two teams full of pitching. I still think the Braves are going to come out on top. They are my team from my childhood. But if you look at a team aspect, who's the better team? You put everything together. I always have to pick the Braves just because, you know, the, the hat turning sideways, the younger guys stepping up. You know, you have guys getting hurt and all the Albies after Dave getting you know back on the roster. It doesn't matter. These guys just continue to run forward no matter what incident happens, what's, you know, partaking. And then New York, I feel like you always have that banter between the Yankees and the Mets, and there's a lot going on in the Bronx right now. So the Mets are trying to pick it up, whether it be in the front office, whether it be with marketing. They're trying to do probably more than they should, but they should just focus on the Mets. I, I hope it comes down to the the final series between the two in early October. Yes. You know, yeah. that's what, that would be awesome. I, I wish that was the last series of the season. And the, the Braves played the Marlins after that in okay. Miami randomly on a Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. I wish that we saw came down to the last game on a Sunday, you know, to end the major league baseball regular season between the two. Michael, um, which, which pitcher did you have the most starts with in your career? And what do you make of the three twenty five with Molina and Wainwright breaking the record? That's a great question. Um, I had some guys I personally caught, like Charlie Morton, Jorge De La Rosa, and Jeff Carsons. They, they were my guys when I was with the Pirates or with Colorado. What Molina and Wainwright have done and just the relationship they have, I mean, they go on family vacation together. I mean, how special is that? That battery is something you can't really explain. I, I don't think it's talked about enough, that camaraderie, being able to kind of have that, that unwritten – um, ability to see what they want when they want it, call off maybe call a game off the personality and not the philosophy mm. or the trends. I think that's so important. And those guys seem to be able to kind of intertwine like nobody else. And, and you watch what Wainwright's done over the last three years. I mean, he completely changed his repertoire, how he tagged guys. The cutter usage went way down, CQ usage went way up, four seamer almost irrelevant. But Uncle Charlie, that big hook came more 
more to the mix. And I love it. And you know, Melina had a part to do with that. Luckily, you know, both those guys personally, you can't meet better human beings. You also can't meet two of the opposite type of human beings. So they just mold and mesh so well. 325 is incredible. It's remarkable. Yeah. If you think about how, like, how often, like every five, every fifth day, right? And the the length of a career that that would take. I mean, we're seeing it, but I don't think you see 325 to me. If you think of a, a a quarterback making so many starts or whatever, it's way different in the length of a career between a catcher and a pitcher and free agency and everything else involved. Uh, that, that was cool to see. In so cool, the Cardinals, by the way, they're full of storylines right now. They've got a great. I mean, they've got it great with all the individual achievements going on. Not bad. Is there a I mean, uh, is there a team you see, Michael, that you think? If you're a team, you'd like to see them in the playoffs. In other words, the team that maybe is the weakest heading into the playoffs. I don't don't know that it's the Cardinals, but it's tough to pick one in the National League. Is it the Guardians in the AL? What's one you point to and say, they've had a good year because they're going to go to the playoffs, but I'd rather see them as opposed to someone else? I'd like to see the Brewers in the playoffs other than the Phillies, uh, personally. The, the Brewers are a team, if you look at their pitching staff, I mean, they're Pitching staff is off the charts. They've kind of gone up and down with the roller coaster when you think about their offense. But if, if they can get hot down the stretch, they have a really good opportunity. I mean, they play Cincinnati for four, then they play St. Louis, which is going to be tough, but only for two, and then they play Miami. So they play some guys that are really just having tryouts towards the end of the season. That's kind of what it turns into. Guys, you know, throwing out different lineups, trying different things. Youngsters getting a lot of opportunities. So if they can take advantage of that, obviously I'm a central guy, but the Brewers, if they get in the playoffs, they're going to be forced to be reckoned with because you have you have Burns, you have Woodruff, you have these guys can just flat out pitch, and they're trending in the right direction. If that offense starts going, watch out. Are you in Pittsburgh right now? I am. I am. What's yes, the sir. What's the it, buzz for Pickett? You know, I've heard a lot, and they've also been wearing out the offensive coordinator a lot up here. Um, so I'm kind of interested why he's not playing. To be honest, I mean, it seems like everybody likes him as a human being. It seems like. He, he's a leader first, and he's a servant leader at that, and he's putting in the time, the reps, the extra hours. So I'm just waiting for him to get more opportunity, more chances. Obviously, they have some things going on behind the scenes, trying to maybe slow it down. Yeah. But at some point, you know, even with that soft offensive line that they say, those guys are still NFL linemen. They're going to figure it out. And I tell you right now, there's something about having a guy that you know has your back, whether it's a pitcher, a catcher, a quarterback. Guys seem to step up in a different way. So maybe throw him out there, see what happens. Let's let him play. But he can move. He's mobile. He can throw. And the fans are behind him, right? He's a hometown boy. They, they want to see him out there. Got to play him. I'm with you. It's time. I, I agree. It's time for Kenny Pickett. I bring it up only because they play tonight with Trubisky and Matt Canada has been taking some heat and Trubisky's heat. taking some heat. And it, it may be sooner rather than later. Michael McHenry uh, joining us for Major League Baseball discussion. The Fort McHenry is how you can follow him on social. Always great catching up, man. Let's do it again next week. Sounds good. Thank you, guys. God bless you. Thank you. There is Michael McHenry. Uh, great dude and uh, very nice of him to join us uh, in studio last week. Back on and he crushed it again as we will get back into more discussion with him next week as we uh, we get into the, the playoff and the pennant races and everything else involved over the next month and a half. Can't wait, and we'll find out soon enough uh, when. I don't think it's an if now. It's a when Aaron Judge is going to break that record. The best NFL discussion is next with Armando Salguero of Outkick.com on Outkick 360.
Outkick 360 rolls on across the Outkick network with one of our favorite guests of the week, Armando Salguero, Outkick.com. He joins us on Thursdays, and that means we're previewing all the big games coming up for week three and hitting the big storylines that have happened after week two. Armando, hope you're doing well. I'm doing outstanding, but here I am counting because I am great at math. Yes. And I'm looking at one, two. Where's uh, Paula? Where's what? Paul is at a doctor's appointment or something. Yeah, he had a family responsibility with a, with a son's doctor's appointment. Not nothing, nothing serious. Nothing, nothing bad. Sp- little sports injury that they're uh, they're getting corrected. So uh, he, he'll be back with us tomorrow. Well, I, I'm uh, I'm very disappointed that he can't play hurt or play <laughs> when when he uh, you know he has other issues. He's like Tom Brady. He's got yeah. personal issues. I thought, step away. I thought about calling his 13-year-old son and saying, you know, suck it up, kid. We got we got games to play here. <laughs> it's football season. Come on. You can show up in studio with your dad. We got to go. We got to go. It's time, Armando. It's time. We got to get it going. I'd love to hear that phone call. Yeah. Would have been, it would have it gone over really well with Mrs. Kowarski. I can yes. tell you that much. Hey, I mentioned no I mentioned earlier in the show, uh, I believe you're going to Tampa this weekend, right, to cover Bucks and Packers. And and I, I totally understand why you've got Brady and Rodgers and it's a it's a big NFC matchup. Do you did you hesitate whenever you saw two and O versus two and O coming to to South Beach, Hard Rock Stadium, Bills and, and Dolphins? Yes, I hesitated because obviously, you know, the, the Dolphins coming off of that electric dynamic performance, especially in the fourth quarter. Uh, and this is going to decide the lead in the AFC East. It's it's a thing. It's it definitely is a thing. It'll be our out outkick game of the week. I'll write about it beforehand, and then uh, we'll we'll handle it on Sunday with our throng of writers. And uh, and while I'm at Tampa Bay, yeah. So out, outside of the, it's not even surface level. It's a good preview. It's. Tyreek Hill and their speed with Waddle and, of course, Tua with the four touchdowns and 200 yards passing in the fourth quarter. Outside of just those two players and how great Tua's been, what else is being discussed with what is going so right right now with the Dolphins that has allowed them this energy and buzz and push to where not only... I mean, if they beat Buffalo, Armando... I think the the discussion turns more of okay, they're more than just a wild card contender. This could be more. I know it's early, but that will be the discussion next week. They're already the discussion this week. Well, when you take into account the fact that the Buffalo Bills basically dismantled the defending Super Bowl champions, and you're being polite, and then and then further dismantled. Uh, the number one seed in the AFC last year, the Tennessee Titans. You, you look at that, and, and they didn't exactly play great in either of those two games, and they're not complete yet. Tredavious White is not playing. Uh, you know, they've got a secondary that's a mishmash, and it's really going to be a mishmash against the Dolphins. If the Bills come out and, you know, handle their business with their JV against the Dolphins, uh, especially when they've got three guys potentially out in the secondary, um, you could pretty much say that the AFC East is over. However, if the Dolphins, you know, win that game, and I'm not talking about putting up a fight. 
I'm not talking about being close uh, because, by the way, the Dolphins have not put up a fight against the Bills in recent games. I think they've been outscored by something like 90 points in the last four or five games. So if they win the game, now you've got a conversation in the AFC East because I have to say to you guys, Tyreek Hill is a thing. He's for real. We knew this, but kind of forgot it last year when, you know, teams were were trying to keep the, the, the Chiefs from throwing deep and were successful in doing that. And it took them a while to get to that. What just happened? Because now teams have forgotten how to, how to handle Tyreek Hill and he's getting behind secondaries. Um, that's, that, that's a dangerous situation for everybody else. Let's talk Thursday night football on Amazon tonight. Pittsburgh and Cleveland. How quickly do you think we could see Kenny Pickett uh, if things don't go great for Mitchell Trubisky tonight with Pittsburgh? So, um, Mike Tomlin told Jade Glazer, who is the Fox NFL insider, that he was going to stick with uh, Trubisky all year and that Kenny Pickett was going to sit all year. Do I believe that? Mike Tomlin has never had a losing season in Pittsburgh. If he decides and he sees that Mitch Trubisky, like last week when he couldn't get the ball deep and they averaged all of 4.2 yards per pass play, if that's more than a snapshot, if that's the trend, you better believe that he is going to turn and, and go with Kenny Pickett. Not necessarily, you know, next week or the week after, but for sure, because there is no time to, to you know, kind of like dodge and dance and, and have patience. Patience is good up to the point where it, comes and it's in the, you know, it's blocking you from being good and blocking you from winning. Such a bland game plan between Matt Canada and Mitchell Trubisky. It's very similar to what we saw in Chicago with Matt Nagy. And the discussion was, is it the coach or the quarterback? Well, Trubisky, after a year in Buffalo, is doing a lot of the same things he was doing in Chicago in terms of production. Different offense, but production. And to me, without T.J. Watt, what, the third time since 2017 the Steelers failed to record a sack last week? So the defense is going to take a step back without T.J. Watt. They need a bold, a bolder game plan than what we've seen early on. And if they can't get it from Trubisky and they know they're not going to have the same force of pass rush and you're going to have to keep up with the opposing offense... To me, I think Pickett plays sooner rather than later if we see more of the same tonight. The one thing that I would warn you about is that tonight they're facing Jacoby Brissett, who I think is mm -hmm. just, yes, just you know, uh, he he's a solid NFL backup, and that means he's fine in small doses. But we're getting a huge, large eleven-game dose of Jacoby Brissett, and he is going to be um, kind of defrocked as he's not a good starting quarterback. 
And my guess is that this is not going to be a high scoring game tonight and that the Steelers might win such a, a low scoring game. By the way, last week, the Cleveland Browns, they lost in embarrassing fashion. And if you look at it, because, uh, you know, they, Nick Chubb didn't take a knee or sit down or lay down at the one yard line uh, with the Jets having no timeouts and 155 to play. Kevin Stefanski had no clue. Yes, he you're was right. mic'd up. He had no clue. He's the head coach. He had no clue that if his running back, who is very good, scores on a 12-yard run, you're in danger. But if he sits down and, and makes it an 11-yard run, you win the game. No one told Nick Chubb. Chad, so, what, Chad, what he's saying is tonight's game is not going to be Chargers-Chiefs from a week ago. No, and I'll give you another game that's not going to be Chargers-Chiefs from a week ago, and this is going to be a chance for you, Armando, to prove just how good you are at your job. We're going wow. to go from bad to good. There's some good matchups this week I want to ask you about, but is Houston at Chicago the least interesting game we've seen in the NFL in a while from an offensive perspective and two teams that seem to be going nowhere right now? Well, my question would be, what is the correct answer that would make me good at my job? You give if you can either one, either you compound that by telling us just how boring it is, or you tell me something interesting about this matchup. We had a discussion before the show about the most boring team in the league, and I just I'm looking at this matchup and I'm thinking, boy, I can't I can't imagine caring less about an NFL football game than Houston at Chicago in week three with these two teams? Well, the reason that I'm really interested in this game and would say to you that you should be interested in this game is because the Houston Texans hired Lovey Smith to be their head coach. You know that Lovey Smith took the Chicago Bears to the Super Bowl, right? Yes. That lost Peyton Manning and the Colts. Yes. That's not the reason. Lovey Smith has grown out a beard that has made him look like Father Time. <laughs> Have you seen it? Oh, yeah. It's great. And we all know that Father Time is supposed to be undefeated. He never loses. And yet, Lovey Smith is 0-2. So, is this game going to be a continuation of Father Time losing his mojo? That's You did it. You just proved why you're so good at your job, Armando. Well done. The only thing that comes closer to me is Seattle-Atlanta, where Marcus oh, Mariota and Geno Smith are the two starting quarterbacks in that game. At least we have Justin Fields you know, uh, playing and trying to show something, even though he never throws the football. The new segment on the show, we just go through the worst matchups of the week and just talk about how much we don't care about these games. Hey, uh, Armando, Bucks packers the game you'll be That's covering at OutKick. This game, of course, Brady and Rodgers, we don't need the introduction there, but... Brady led the NFL in touchdown passes. Rodgers led the NFL last year in, in quarterback rating. What do you expect this game to be? Because the Bucks' defense so far has allowed, what, 13 points through two weeks. We know it was a struggle early for Green Bay like it always is, but last week they figured things out. Rodgers tends to do that against the Bears. And Brady is down several receivers, including Mike Evans. Also down about 10 pounds. Nobody notices that. It's, I mean, have you seen him? Yeah, he goes yeah, through these, looks, uh, he looks, he yeah, does these crazy like, juice cleanse things. I don't, I, I don't know the TB12 method, but he'll, 
he his his weight fluctuates. He does this right before the playoffs too. Yeah, that's what okay. he looks like. He's like yeah, he's, you're he's, right. He looks like he's cutting he's weight for a fight. Face. Um, he's only thrown two touchdown passes, which uh, there's a stat if I can recall it and quote it to you correctly. Only three times in his 23 year career has he started. Uh, you know the first two games of the season with two touchdown passes or less. And this is the third time. So something is amiss with the Bucks offense. You're right. Look, last week they didn't have Godwin. They didn't have Julio Jones. Perriman's on the injury report. Gage is on the injury report. They brought in Cole Beasley to save the day, and he's trying to learn the offense. So there are issues there. But what I can't believe the entire NFL is not talking about is the fact that yesterday Aaron Rodgers told reporters in Green Bay that Tom Brady is, has physically regressed and that, uh, you know, while he's mentally better than he used to be, he has physically regressed because we all know that Tom Brady is taking note of that. Sure. And Tom Brady, who thinks that someone looking at him funny is an offense to, to thus requiring four touchdown passes, he's going to come after the Green Bay Packers. Intriguing game is Detroit and Minnesota for me. I see an okay team when I watch Detroit, believe it or not. And I, I wouldn't go as far to say they're legit. I know that's been a headline out there. Is, is, are the Lions legit? I believe they have some legit players when I watch them. You know, they're scoring 35-plus a game. They've got a run game with DeAndre Swift, who's playing through hurt but not injured, which is a key factor for him. And I know that was a a point of emphasis this offseason with him. Point being, I think the Lions are legit if their coach is legit. And we'll find out. I think a good coach wins with this team. And we'll find out if Dan Campbell does that. Interesting. Um, So I think the Detroit Lions are are between and betwixt and they're going to be a six to seven, eight win team. Is that well good? I don't think so. so. They lost close games last year and you know, but they lost those games. Everybody does. Right. Right. I, I just see more explosion firepower. I see, I see an offense that is capable of, putting up points, and then shutting the door. Last week, they're up 22-0. The Commanders get 15 points unanswered. They just scored a two-point conversion. And I'm thinking to myself, okay, Detroit fans, they can go ahead and head for the exits because we've, we, we know how this ends. Following drive, they go right down the field, and they put up a touchdown with DeAndre Swift. And to me, that's a different offense than what I saw a year ago, where the team that's visiting doesn't pull the miraculous comeback. It's the opposite. The good team shut the door. And so I thought, well, maybe we find out just how good or legit, quote-unquote, for the headlines out there, Dan Campbell and his staff actually is because they've got they got the pick right. Hutchinson, three first-half sacks. It looks very good. They can build around him in the trenches. And they've got some guys that are playing with confidence. They need to stay healthy, but every team does, Armando. I'm, I, I think they're a team to watch as an outside wild card, no one's talking about team that could get around nine wins if they play wow. this right. 
Well, you said seven. Wow. I mean, seven, two to, if they win these close games instead of lose them, they can get to nine wins. Right. But Jonathan, in the NFL, like 80% of the games are decided by, you know, five points or less. Right. So, but I, uh, last week I asked you, who do you trust in the NFC? We named like three teams. I think they're, right. to me, they're no different than Jacksonville. Jacksonville can point, point to the fact they're playing in the AFC South. The Lions can point to the, flag, the, the fact they're in the NFC. And I think that bodes well for a storyline for them and a, and a coach that's trying to get people to believe in what he's doing. You just, you just watched Hard Knocks and you just no, loved I, Actually, I, 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 I didn't watch it. I, I watched it. Hutton didn't watch a second of it. I actually loved Hard I didn't Knocks watch it. Dan I, I'm just intrigued by what I've seen to start the season. I, I didn't pick them by any means. But I, I know Jacksonville has reason to point to the scoreboard and the, uh, the, how bad the division is. Detroit's actually playing well. And I know they're one and one, but they're playing well and they're scoring points. Like there are so many offenses out there that are awful right now. And Detroit's not one of them. I don't think we're talking about them enough. Okay. Um, <laughs> We, we it's have gonna on this take show. more. Well, so I'm sorry. Well, so let's I, say I just, they're they're playing look, they're playing Minnesota this week. I Min- feel Minnesota. like I'm on a used, used car lot, and oh, I don't absolutely want not. your damn '69 Volkswagen. No, no, no. I, I'm no. This is no used car salesman. This is brand new car in Detroit. I, I see well, a different I don't want team. Your Kia. <laughs> There's no Kia either. You get you get uh, top shelf, top of the line with this DeAndre <laughs> Swift. Hey, they're playing Minnesota. And Minnesota is decidedly the second best team in the North, if we're predicting these things, um, with Green Bay at, up top. I'm, I'm intrigued to see how they play this game against the Vikings. I think the Vikings, uh, I think Swift can run it all over them this week with that defense. So if they win this week, they'll be 2-1, and one, right? Hey, that's, that's seven away from nine wins in a winning season if they win this and what week. Good team did, and what good team did they beat? Minnesota, if they win this week? No. no. You don't think Minnesota's any good? No. Is Green Bay good? Yes. Okay. Well, they beat Green Bay badly in week one. They slapped slapped them around. They look bad in week two against uh, Philly, no doubt. Philly looks great. Would we agree with that in the NFC right now? Yes. Through two games? Oh, hey, Armando, let let me also clarify this. I'm not saying that the Lions are playoff worthy. I'm saying there will be a bad NFC team or teams that are going to be in the postseason with that seven seed. And there's no reason why Detroit shouldn't be in that conversation. And Philly was a bad team a year ago, I think, that got the seven seed. I believe they had the seven seed. They did. Last year out of the NFC in a a bad conference. Now they've – A.J. Brown changes that team, certainly. Oh, it's – They're a lot better. Hey, Um, who's going to be that bad NFC team to get the seventh spot this year, I guess, is the question. Yeah, uh, someone will. Philly was a bad team early last year. At yeah. the end of the year, they they were they were rolling. They they figured it out. Would and you I think for the season? Would you buy stock in Tua or Hertz right now for the season? If you had to pick one, wow, that's a great question. That really is a great question. Uh, Hertz has a better team overall around him and a better offense because that offensive line can protect them. Uh, have you seen? I wouldn't be surprised if the Buffalo Bills have eight, eight sacks on Sunday. Uh, I would not be surprised. That offensive line in Miami not only is it uh, 
hurting, both their tackles may miss the game. Uh, I know one of them for sure will miss the game because he's on IR. And so uh, Von Miller and Greg Rousseau and company, that's going to be pretty interesting. Uh, so I like, and the Philadelphia Eagles, they have a really good offensive line. And now they've got weapons around Jalen Hurts. Oh, and it, both quarterbacks look very confident, though, which is a, it's a perfect setup and prove it years for both guys. It, both great storylines to follow. Uh, and Armando's a great follow as well on social and at outkick.com. Enjoy Tampa in what is likely the last meeting. We may see it in the postseason, the last meeting head-to-head between these two teams uh, with the quarterbacks that, that they have. Um, and who knows, maybe Tom retires and comes out of retirement again, and we see, a, we see the matchup down the road. But that's going to be cool. Let me just be honest with you guys. I'm going to push back on Detroit being good all year long. Go ahead. Because uh, I've spent Thanksgiving in Detroit many years <laughs> for covering that game, including for ESPN. It's not fun, and I don't want to start doing it now if they get good. Okay, that's so let's just that's settle fine. Hey, this this show, Armando, for our, just for our visit for next week. We'll be rooting like hell for the Lions this weekend against the Vikings. We'll tell you, we'll tell you that much. That'll make for a fun segment next week yeah, by, if we come back and they're 2-1. and one. What's the backup, Blau? They'll, they'll have him at quarterback by Thanksgiving, so you're yeah, not going to have to worry. That, that, that could be bad for the Lions if David Blau is the guy under center for them at yes. any point. Hey, um, a final thing quickly. The Chargers and Herbert. Herbert's ribs banged up. He, he's probably going to play. They're going to give him an injection, and he'll play. Uh, they're playing Jacksonville. Josh Allen last week, I believe, had three sacks. He's playing well to begin the season on the defensive line. I'm saying the defender, Josh Allen. Um, you give Jacksonville any chance there with the banged-up Herbert? Yes, because Justin Herbert, we're, we're kind of entranced by, well, you know, he, he fractured his rib cartilage <laughs> and he threw that, that dime. That bomb, yeah. Yes, and then it, he was fine. I've been told it hurts him to call plays. Wow. Okay. In the huddle, it hurts. And then at the line of scrimmage, when he is um, calling uh, the, the defenses or the protection, it hurts. Think about that. Just talking at a loud, you know, like decibel, like I'm doing, it hurts. Uh, stay tuned. What's what else is going to hurt is when Chad tries this moonshine pickle that's in front of him. So we're doing that when we come back. Uh, Armando, enjoy the weekend. We'll catch up next week. It's always a great segment with you. Thank you, man. All right. There's Armando Salguero, outkick.com. Chad has the moonshine pickles from Old Smokey in front of him here at 6th and Peabody. Why do people hate Detroit so much? Paul's the same way. Ross Dellinger's coming up <laughs> soon. Something about older, older football writers. They, they hate Detroit. Detroit's not fun. I don't like. I, I, I do. Like I don't Ford understand Field. like hating a loser so much. They're they're such losers in the NFL. Like, what's to hate about them? They don't affect your team in a negative way ever. This is Outkick three hundred and sixty. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. 
Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Now Kick 360 rolls on. We've had many many people chime in about the the set and the different things we change in and out. The one thing that's been sitting in front of Chad for several weeks are the old smoky moonshine pickles. It's consistent. It's there every day. It's exactly what you want to see every day. This moonshine jar with pickles in it. A buddy of mine sent me a text and said, every day I watch the show, and every day I see this jar of pickles in front of you, and every day I hope it's the day that you will just lean over and just randomly eat a pickle on the show. There's a great Cameron Crowe film, Almost Famous, about a, a fictional rock band trying to be on the cover of Rolling Stone, and the lead singer, played by Jason Lee, has this great speech about it is his role to do what is necessary and do what is needed to get the crowd going. That at any point, he's got to find the one person not getting what they want out of the show, and he's going... It, it's, it's more profane language in the, in the movie, but what I'm saying is the way he says it, it's my job to get to that person and make sure they're enjoying themselves. So, to my one buddy who texted me that he wanted me to open it, I'll open it here. Okay. Great shot of my iPhone I'm 7 also. Really glad that you were able to open that. Um, I need to go over here because I don't want to get it on my computer. Okay. So, All right, here uh, we go. Here we go. Chad's trying the old smoky moonshine pickle. We're going to get to it before we have to go to break, too. Yep. Moonshine pickle, here we go. First impressions? You taste the moonshine? <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Is it like the white lightning strength or... Uh, it's 180 strong. proof or it's strong. No, I can taste it. It takes a solid <laughs> seven seconds to taste the alcohol. But man oh man is it there. This thing's been sitting up here for about eight months too. Enjoy. You can get these at six and Peabody, by the way, right outside this door. Chad's gonna finish his pickle. Then Ross Dellinger joins us from SI. That's next. So now kick 360, college football. Cheers. Next.